0: all right i want to start with leah leah what did you bring whoa i got a yummy pie cookie pie hmm. okay from costco pie from costco <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh costco's always good and truthie, what did you bring um something very different i brought a picture Ooh. not food but now i wish i brought food well, I think, I think Leah should send us food. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I'll give you my address. Just ship me some cakes.
0: Go to Costco run.
1: Well, we can already
0: see this little, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic today on mm-hmm. the podcast. Not quite strangers. Welcome everyone. My name is Valerie Hope. I'm your host. And this per- the purpose of this podcast is to help bring two people together who do not know each other and by having a conversation, inspire curiosity, build connection, and also disrupt the status quo. And today I have the fortune of bringing two ladies that I have known because of my involvement in Toastmasters here in the Dallas, Texas area. And I'm gonna start off by introducing Leah. Leah, you and I have known each other almost a year i believe more or less About a little bit
2: longer because of your involvement in the area and also direct into our club yes so
0: a little over a year and i remember you and i having several conversations we only met in person one time
1: <laughs> we, right right we it's met up for
0: <laughs> yes for a little uh, smoothie or coffee or something a few months ago a couple months ago so and you told me some things that you were shifting about your, your speaking, the, 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 focus that you wanted to have in your speaking now being humor and mm-hmm. you're doing comedy shows. And when you shared all of that, I was like, oh my goodness, Leah, we got, you got to be on my podcast. Cause you had some very interesting takes about what you're doing and why. And then I thought, Hmm, who might Leah meet that could have an interesting conversation about humor and comedy and immediately I'm like, ding, 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 Truthy Garimala, because Truthy, you also were in one of the Toastmasters clubs that I supported last year as yep. a director, and
1: you have a background in stand up comedy. Ooh.
2: I would like that you
1: said background in stand up comedy. That makes me seem so professional. <laughs> <laughs> because you are. you all take it. Um, yeah.
0: It's fantastic because I don't think I know someone personally. I did actually date a guy that was a stand-up comedian for a little while. It was not Trevor Noah. But (laughs) I didn't get to know (laughs) that much about it. But I was like, oh, Shruti might be a great conversation to have. Uh, Might be a great place place to start and have a conversation with Leah about humor. Because Shruti, I know with you and your background in computer science, you're a student in college and you're working on your career. And I'm like, oh, it's got to be really fascinating to think about where does comedy and humor fit for you? And how did you get there? Yeah. And this was a dream matchup for me. So thank you super both excited. for saying yes. Of course, I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> I'm curious, why did you two say yes to meeting relative strangers? Cause you've never met each other, although both of all three of us are part of uh, the same organization. Why did you say yes?
1: I, I love meeting people. I like, you know, I just I find enjoyment around being new people um but more than that when you called me and you were like this is my podcast and this is what I'm doing I was like I loved it immediately the idea of like talking about something that I'm very very passionate about getting my voice out there and saying like this is why I like comedy and this is like the actual benefits of comedy because people honestly look at comedians and humor and just think it's like lighthearted and fun so I was I was really excited by the idea of saying like, humor is so much more than just lighthearted fun. And the idea of doing that with someone that I've never met and maybe seeing like, oh, do we relate on like what our idea of humor is or are we completely different? I would love to see a totally different point of view. You know, it just was very intriguing to me. Cool. Leah, what about you? Well, because you asked.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I trust you, right? If it's A B C on the street asking me to meet with a stranger, I might not say yes. Mm. <laughs> but to answer your question, actually, you know, when you wanna ask you about why are you doing this, you know, podcast is, I also have a personal mission is to meet new people who are different from me, and mm. because that's the how you grow. And we live in America; it's a huge country with people from diverse culture. If you miss that, you are missing your opportunity mm. to learn something new from others. So same mentality, that's why I say yes. Oh,
0: you're speaking my language, Leah, yes. That's why we are your friend. (laughs) Well, so not only, so you two have that in common, but I do wanna call out the fact that both of you come from different backgrounds culturally. so, so Leah, your background is?
2: Well, I lived in, I have lived in Texas for more than 20 years now, right? But I came from China originally as a foreign student. So I was a native Chinese. Mm-hmm. What part of China, Leah? Uh, the hometown of a giant panda, the cute one, and the spicy food, the <laughs> Sichuan. Sichuan. You know, when you, <laughs> you, when you heard people say this is Sichuan food, uh-huh. Sichuan is Sichuan province. That's the name of the province. I live in the capital state of Sichuan called Chengdu. Chindu, okay yeah wow, fascinating like so if pepper. you like a spicy food you need to travel with me to Chindu. oh yes please
0: I yes love okay food. i
2: pack you next time oh after the pandemic's
1: over right now i even cannot go back there to see my mom oh no worries we'll go and she looks like she's down for that too so i'm i'm very down i'm vegetarian but i mean i'm sure i can find something oh they <laughs> they know how to cook vegetables <laughs> there yes. oh, i'm very awesome. interested
2: and you Shruti, like tofu, you know, very healthy. Yeah.
0: Very nice. Truthy, what about for you, your background?
1: Um, so I'm born and raised in America, but um, my family's all from India, 100% just Indian. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've lived in America my whole life, but I have a lot of ties to Indian culture. I'm like, I love being Indian. It's like one of my like main personality traits. It's like, I'm Indian. People <laughs> are like, we know. <laughs>
0: have you been in the, in Texas
1: the whole time or where? Uh, no so i was born and raised in illinois mm-hmm. um and i moved out to texas i think almost like 8 years ago something like that it was right right uh before i was in 8th grade so i've been here for a while okay. and i'm definitely you know like i call texas home if someone asks me like you know oh where do you live like i'm a texan i say y'all you know <laughs> i've been to bucky's I think I'm a true blooded Texan at this point. Those are the two criteria. Can you say yeah. y'all and go to Bucky's? I've been to Whataburger. Done that,
0: I got that, Whataburger. Yep. I've been yeah. Texas. what else is there to be a Texan?
2: right?
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, fantastic. So, so just, that was just kind of a setting of the stage and getting a little bit about your background. But I want to go back to the original connection point, which is humor and comedy. And I asked you both, to share an object that has some meaning and, and, and relevance to that. So let's start with Leah, you brought a pie. So tell us about yeah. our Costco pie here.
2: Well, you know, uh, I'm on a intermediate fast. That means I don't eat until 12 noon. And I will stop eating after 6 p.m. So this is a reward. I want to eat as much as I can between the window I can <laughs> eat, So which is a cheating. So that's the fun part. But before the meeting, I brought this. I said, should I try something? But what if I have something stuck into my teeth? That's not very good for the podcast. So I stopped eating. So that's the story of this pie sitting here, not doing any contribution to me.
0: <laughs> wait 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 so <laughs> when i asked you to bring something relevant to comedy and humor your thought was i'm gonna be breaking my fast around the time of the podcast so i should have my pie handy <laughs> did, did you eat all of it
2: no i didn't touch it because i don't think all. it's a professional oh, you didn't want to have oh, okay you and it's on my why. teeth Got because it. when you eat eating pies, anything can happen.
0: <laughs> I promise you, Shruti, and I will let you know if you have anything in your teeth. If you want oh, to actually, you, you know
2: I had a pretty relative, you know, uh, you know, decent lunch. This is okay. just cheating part. So That's a dessert. Good. Okay.
0: All right. It'll be a reward for after the podcast.
2: Yes. I will okay. enjoy that after, you know, we turn off everything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: fair enough fair enough all right Shirley, what about for you you brought a picture tell us I about got it i have a
1: picture it's so in this picture it is my mom my brother my cousin and i when like we're all like much younger and i chose this photo because the three of them are just sitting there smiling and i'm just over here like like this <laughs> i just think it's funny that like i found this photo randomly the other day and I looked at it and I sent it in my family group chat, and they were like, Yeah, like 10 years later, nothing's changed. <laughs> like, nothing. This is a random photo. And I just think it's funny that, like, I've always just tried to, like, steal the spotlight and try to be funny my entire life. And I was like, This is somewhat relevant. That's excellent. So, stealing the spotlight and being goofy is your thing with my family, with my family. Oh,
0: with fam- But wait, you well, have a background well, in comedy now. So, hello. Stealing yeah, the spotlight.
1: The from the family. Family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to make myself look better here. I promise I don't steal the spotlight from my friends or anything. Just <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no worries. We are all sharing the spotlight right now. Absolutely. So absolutely. Um, I want to get into the the humor and comedy piece. So Leah, you really inspired this for me when you started sharing about your shift out of Toastmasters into your next next. I don't know, phase, career, path. I'm not sure how you want to Mm -hmm. describe it, but tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, you know, I had been a Toastmaster member for 10 years. I joined in the winter of 2009. I remember that. And when I had a a big dream to become a professional speaker. So I was very thankful for my experience at Toastmaster where helped me to build my confidence as a speaker. As You know, how I view to master, I think is a university, you know, no matter how good the university is, you need to graduate and to test your skills in the real world. And for me as a speaker, the biggest challenge for me is to find my niche. When people ask me, what do you speak about? You know, Valerie, your topic is leadership, right? Mm -hmm. My topic is uh, I position myself as an expert on diversity and the communication. But I found out that is from the client's perspective, they say, if I need a speaker to talk about communication, they say, what can you teach us? I say, I help people, global leaders to improve their communication skills. Then the question come back to me is, why should we hire you? We can hire a native speaker, a blonde, perfect white lady, or a professor from SMU. So I need to have something unique about myself to separate myself from other speakers. This is true in the marketplace, right? So I was looking for the niche. And uh, when one of the potential client ch- challenging me say, hey, why should I hire you? And we have a trainer in-house. They can train perfectly uh, you know, our uh, staff. I was thinking, am I a trainer? I'm not. Who I am at? I? I said, I'm a performing artist. Mm. And as an artist, what's unique about you? Like a singer, right? Then I, you know, tracing back to my experience in, my, in the deep value of my career. Uh, I worked as a banker for a huge <laughs> financial institution for five years. And that career was uh, not going anywhere. You know, bankers do not make much money. And in the bank with the very structure you know, uh, you know, uh, categories, it's pretty hard to get a, a you know, promotion to the headquarter for you know, marketing role because I have a background in marketing but they just don't give the opportunity. And I'm not a perfect banker. As a banker to be successful, you have to be hungry and aggressive. Hey, Valerie, where's your money? How can I bring your money to our bank for investment? I'm not, I'm a talker. I enjoy talking with my customers and it was my customers and my coworkers even my in you know, a bank branch manager told me say hey Leah you are funny I said, am I funny I didn't know that <laughs> even I compete at toastmaster for humor speech contests I never really win beyond that area because toastmaster have a certain expectation a structure or a judgment right and uh, the way toastmaster teach us to you know write humorous speech is also limited the way i express myself mm. so in june this year very recently and i feel like i'm no longer learning anything new nothing complaining about toastmaster but if you are not learning anything new as a student no matter how great the university is harvard stanford it's time for you to leave so mm-hmm. i left and after I left, I was lost. I say, I have reached the brick wall in my you know, world. What should I do next? I say, okay, maybe I just randomly do some search to learn something about comedy. Because I did comedy before the pandemic, had a very successful you know, uh, you know, show, solo show by myself, 30 minutes with a group of white ladies. That was not my typical you know, uh, you know, audience. I thought that was the, I know I belong to people. Maybe not the typical corporate world they were asking for, You know why should I hire you? But I belong to people I can connect like my customer at the bank. So with that motivation, I started doing a little bit research online. I randomly found a guy's teaching course about how to write comedy. But the so-called write is totally different, right? What we learn about write. And they say, as a comedian, you don't write your comedy materials, you speak. And I learned a great deal from his short courses. Uh, I'm a pretty cheap person. I normally don't pay money to buy online courses. But when I uh, went through his free lessons with what he was teaching, so I paid the money, and I went through the course, hula, it was eye-opening for me. I learned a couple major things. First of all, and he said, if you are a female Asian, if you do write, that can become your advantage as a comedian. A disadvantage
0: or your advantage?
2: Advantage. 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 Because not many Asian (laughs) female ladies doing that, right? Mm. Second part, which I had a misconception about comedians. You know, I thought to be famous, you have to be dirty, right? Talking dirty, all those gross stuff, which was wrong. You can be a clean comedian and still have fun and still make a career. Actually, you will be more attractive if you are a clean comedian. I said, okay, that fits my value because I don't want to become dirty in order to become famous. That's not who I am. And the last part is I share with him my review and the video I record with the comedy show I did with those white ladies, about 50 of them. He sent back to me, he said, Leah, you have a natural talent. You just need a stage time to polish yourself. Mm. So that gave me the confidence to really dive into the comedy of art. And the show you know, I shared with you yesterday was my first public show after the comb- uh, comb- you know, pandemic. That was your I first was public show? Yeah.
1: Oh. i never done that before. Wow.
0: Shruti, did you go?
1: I, w- I was not able to go. Oh. But was it? I mean, I hope clearly it sounds like everything went great. Yeah. Well, and uh, I just uh, finishing the story
2: till now, and I share with you about the show more. And it was a kind of test for myself. Mm. to get myself out there is to see something you know do something that was impossible and uh, I can relax today now (laughs) I was stressed out not because of my performance and I also have like three other comedians we do the show together I know we can take care of the guests the biggest concern came from the theater you have to sell your tickets right Mm. you'd It will be very, very bummer if you have an empty theater for your comedy show. And the second part, the challenge came from, I got a lot of my Asian community to support me. A lot of Chinese friends came to my show, which was great. But you know what? That was the first time I ever invited my own people to my show. Why? Mm -hmm. Because in the science of laughing, there are several types of people You should try to avoid one is all male audience because males don't laugh unless they are with their ladies that's one second part is try to avoid people who are very good with logistic thinking and analytic skills all my friends belong most of them it engineer accounting (laughs) so i wasn't sure we can make them laugh Um. but they were great last night (laughs) So I think it was a great challenge for me, and I'm, I'm glad I did it. Uh, when I'm going to do that next time, I'm not sure, but I'm going to keep searching and diving into the comedy art, learn the art, become better and better, and actually bring comedy back to my keynote speech to mm-hmm. give me a competitive advantage. If you are funny, you can add value, inspire people, you mm-hmm. have more to offer to the marketplace. So that's my long story short. Ooh,
0: wow. Thank you, Leah. (laughs) Well, Shruti, I I saw you react a few times. So I'm curious, first of all, before we hear your version, I'd like to hear a little bit more about what you're thinking as uh, Leah was sharing her her, her her pivot.
1: (laughs) I was seeing actually a lot of similarities because for me, it wasn't as much of a pivot moment for me. It was more of like a, a few realizations over my life. Cause I'm still like pretty young, you know, like I'm in college. And, um, so rather than having like, like that one big shift that I think you had Leah, I was just sort of like sitting there and I'm like, wow, like we really are two very different people, but like our experiences and like our feelings surrounding certain events and like comedy in general are so similar, despite mm-hmm. us being two completely different backgrounds, two completely different ages. I'm like, wow, huh? I, I, I relate a lot to that.
0: Yeah. Say more Um, about that, Shruti. What what was it that your
1: experience,
0: yeah?
1: uh, Like specifically being like a woman and doing comedy. That's like a big thing for me because unfortunately one of the biggest like compliments I ever get is you're really funny for a woman. And I'm like, "Mm, why are you putting that for a woman there? Why, like, what is the point of that? You can leave it at, you're very funny. But I think like how Leo is saying, like never have an all-male audience because they won't laugh. It's because like, there is that sense of ego there that is that their sense of like oh huh then no woman could be so funny and it's like mm. yeah because we, we're people <laughs> we are more <laughs> than just our gender <laughs> we're people with the experiences and the ability to speak um I I I, I don't know why this is a shocker to you like mm-hmm. but that like that's one of those things that really really gets to me and really really irks me um but like I I wish it wasn't like that and I think that's like a big reason for me wanting to get into comedy is like you know like I I just want to be known like as a funny person not as a funny woman Mm -hmm. um and also you were saying about how like uh you know, you just like talking, talking is a big thing for you. You're not as like aggressive as like maybe, you know, other people would need to be in certain professions. And I'm the exact same. I'm such a non-confrontational person. Like I literally, I, I avoid conflict at any given time, but I love talking. I think I'm actually a very good talker, you know, like from a young age, my friends would come up to me being like, I'm in distress help. And I never really understood why they would come to me. But like, as I've gotten older, I realized it's because like, I'm good at like very, like, you know, vocalizing my thoughts and like, you know, saying what needs to be said at the right time in the right way. And I think that's why comedy has been like, I don't want to say easy, but it's come a little bit more naturally to me because I think I'm able to like shift my, you know, focus from, okay, I need to be stern and strict at this moment to, I can have a little bit more fun with what I'm saying or, okay, we need to dial it back down very quickly. Um, So yeah, I I relate to you on, that was another thing I related to you. I was like, yeah, I I can't be aggressive with someone. (laughs) I cannot, I should not get into a profession where I have to be aggressive with people because it's not gonna end well for me. Um, But yeah, and uh, so for me, like I I don't think I can say a true moment where I like started doing comedy, like where I started becoming a comedian. It was more like, you know, I guess I'm just going to get into my like little yeah dude (laughs) my life story um but so they say that comedy like comes from a dark place right um and like I was a very overweight kid I was bullied a lot growing up and it really sucked and you know I definitely got into a dark place but I remember as a kid thinking to myself like hmm if people are going to call me funny looking I'm at least going to be funny and I said that and people (laughs) laughed but and I was like are they laughing at me and someone was like no no, no we're laughing with you shoot that was a really funny thing to say and i found so much joy in the fact that i made other people laugh and i was like a kid when i said this and i realized just like over time i was like making other people laugh makes me feel better mm. you know like i really enjoy that and then when i was in high school um in theater class we had to write a monologue for like an assignment i went up to my teacher and i was like can i just try doing this like almost like a stand-up style and she was like, that's, that's going to be difficult, Shruti. I don't know if you're going to be able to do this, but if uh, it's your grade, I'm still going to grade you on the same rubric. And I was like, okay. So I did. And I ended up getting 100 on that. And she came up to me and she was like, wow, I am astonished. Absolutely, like truly astonished that you did that. And she was like, you have a real talent for comedy, Shruti. Mm. You know, she's like, comedy is not easy. Comedy is not the type of thing that you can just do. Like you have a knack for it, do it. Like also in high school, I was in speech and debate and my event was humorous interpretation, which is like, I basically was like, you have 10 minutes to do a comedic play on your own. You have to do all the characters, different voices, no props, I ended up going to nationals for that yeah so I've always just had this little knack for comedy and I've always like I find joy in making other people laugh so it it sort of like worked together very well like yeah it comes from a dark place it comes from me being bullied for like pretty much my entire life but I found a way to spin it into something much more positive I found a way to use it to help other people and help myself so that's where I think like, like humor and comedy is like such a useful tool and I like want more people to explore that. And I want more people to be aware of that. And, you know, understand that, you know, if, if like, you know, if you don't know what to do, try being funny. I know that sounds so dumb, but like try it because you'd be surprised that like if you open yourself up a little bit, if, you know, you, if you really try, I think everybody's actually like has a little comedian inside of them. It's just whether you're willing to like let it shine or not.
2: It takes a little
1: courage. <laughs> It, do, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage. <laughs> but... You know, uh, you said something that
2: the final sentence was so true. Everyone have a little comedian inside. Mm-hmm. It's up to you how much you want to let that thing come out. Yeah. You don't have to become a professional comedian, which is yeah. a very challenging, tough career to make a living. Okay, mm. and But if you have the courage to share that with other people, the funny side of you, brings humor and the positivity to life, you can make yourself more likable. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are a leader in a in workplace true. and you probably will be a better leader, you know, humor is one of the top um, attribute for a leader, you know, beyond hardworking. And mm-hmm. so that's very, very true. It's just, how can we tell people, hey, be funnier?
1: I said, no, I'm not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's always that's like, hard. yeah, like, I wish I could be funny, Shruti, I just can't do it and I'm like, but you can you can the but I think walls,
0: it's, it's kind of like thing- with love mm-hmm. and expression because I think what yeah. you guys are pointing to is that humor is a is a level of self-expression and ease in one self-expression. Oh, we yeah. all have a little comedian, but we all tend to have our own defense mechanisms to to hide or protect certain aspects of who we are, yeah. and how we are. Some people use humor as a weapon or use use women uh, use humor as a defense mechanism, right? Okay. When they have, you know, they want to cut through. I remember the a few weeks ago, my brothers and I have three brothers, I'm the only girl. We had a little Zoom gathering with our dad. Our dad used to be super strict and we were growing up and kind of angry with us. So sometimes he'd yell and raise his voice and all of us were super intimidated growing up. But over time, you know, all of us now are in our forties and we were just kind of like, well, you know, how dad was. But what was so funny is because now my dad has warmed up considerably we were having this really fun conversation about you remember when you told us xyz and there was something that like freaked us out because yeah. you know mm-hmm. your voice or your facial expression and we laughed so hard throughout that conversation what was funny is to realize that all of us use humor as a means to release tension because mm-hmm. when we were young, especially, we felt like, oh my gosh, there's so much tension in the house. And my dad was upset about something or somebody got in trouble about something. Mm-hmm. That was our way to a like look out for each other is to lighten things up. Um, and then the other piece was also to just Stay sane. <laughs> just like to stay. It was like a wellness thing, a well being issue. So for us, being funny or being humorous came very naturally. I'm actually taking a course on humor. You guys should be proud of me. This whole week, I've been studying for this podcast. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like I've been cramming. There's um, a book called Humor Seriously. So I think that, back to what you were saying, Leah, this mm-hmm. is about how to teach leaders how to incorporate humor, just really this lightening up. It's not about being mm-hmm. funny on purpose. But not taking Mm -hmm. ourselves so seriously, not taking the things and the stresses of life so seriously is finding a lightness. And um, I had to do an assessment as part of this course. So I had to Mm -hmm. send out to my friends and (laughs) close friends, only send it to a handful of people, an assessment on my humor. And so I sent it to different people. And what I got back essentially was that people did think I'm funny, but they found that the kind of humor that I use tends to be more in observational humor, situational humor is not like mm-hmm. is not like quips and jokes and one-liners and is not necessarily to hurt or to criticize or I'm not a very sarcastic humorist, right? Mm-hmm. I, I try to make fun of the things that are happening in the moment, but it was really fascinating to hear other people describe what I did in being funny. Cause I'm like, hmm, I don't think I've ever analyzed that. So I'm curious about what you guys think is funny, though. Like what what makes you laugh and what makes you say something humorous? If you could analyze that, what would it be?
1: Well, I think comedy is pure, not purely, but I think a major factor of comedy is timing. You know, like you got to get that timing right. Otherwise, your jokes won't land. So like I don't have a specific thing that makes me laugh. Like I don't have like, oh, this is like a really funny thing to me. It'll be like really anything, anything can make me laugh. Like as long as it's delivered properly, you know, like I think my, you you were saying like your dad uh, growing up was like very strict. My mom, she's like a very like, you know, honest person, a little brutally honest. Sometimes I just, I don't really remember her being funny growing up, (laughs) like off late. She'll just say something at the perfect time. And I will like break down, like cry laughing And I'm like, when did mom get funny? (laughs) When did this happen? And both me and my brother are like, what's going on here? And she was like, I don't know. You know, Shruti's funny. I've been watching her for some time and trying to pick up on what she does. And I'm like, timing. Timing is it. Like, if you can deliver something properly, I will laugh. I'm very easy to make laugh. That's interesting. I
0: think it's so did your mom change her delivery? Or did you yeah. and your brother start listening to her differently?
1: No, she changed her delivery. She was literally good. like, yeah, like I, I kind of like have been picking up on what Shruti's been doing recently. Okay, and, like trying to become a little funnier. She's like, you guys think I'm just so strict and so mean. And I'm like, because you are, but <laughs> you're also funny, apparently.
0: Ah, Leah, what about for you? What, what makes you laugh or what brings out your funny?
2: Um, I think that came from your life. Okay, and uh, funny can be in written, in written verbs, but a lot of the time can be how you express yourself. Just like, you know, Sheruth was talking about. Can be noun verb and the verb, you know, silence your facial expression and uh, your gestures that can make you, you know, funny. And the funny part is what's funny to American may not be funny to Chinese. See, um, I didn't grow up in this country. When I was first doing comedy, my biggest fear was, you know, something, you know, I think funny. I don't know about those white ladies, what's their reaction will be, right? Those poor so white, white ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're all the white ladies. <laughs> I, I purposely met a lot of non-Chinese friends. Uh, a lot of them are white ladies. <laughs> But you gotta, gotta get some other people out. of color in there too. Maybe
0: that'll expand. <laughs> I know.
2: The, the secret is as a human being, we share more in common than our differences. Cheers. Yeah. If you talk about your structure, I mean, no, your 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 you know, your struggles, your mistakes, your embarrassing moment or parenting, you know, mm-hmm. challenges, everyone can relate to that. Let me give you one simple example. That's just happened on a daily basis. And one of my experiences was I was walking my dog in the morning and I bumped into a young dad. He was walking his dog and and while he was uh, pushing a stroller with two young babies there. You know, they were only six months old uh, in one boy and one girl. They were so cute and adorable. So suddenly at that moment, I had a thought. I said, I want to offer that young dad Free babysitting so I can smell their babies. You know, you might think I'm creepy, right? But I said, you don't understand. I, my daughter used to be cute and adorable. Now I have to ask for her permission before I kiss and hug her. Mm. She's a teenager. Mm-hmm. So the final one is the punchline. So the final part is all your expression, how you think, mm. you see something, your personal reflection and how you express that that's the combination of comedy so it's there's no one word say what's funny what's not you just express what you think is interesting what amazing you then Mm -hmm. the audience respond to your expression and uh, kill or not kill you cannot control you might impress one group tomorrow (laughs) when you try to entertain a group of men they might not laughing at all
1: Mm -hmm. you just
2: have to keep trying (laughs) that is, <laughs> that's my
1: experience <laughs> that is probably the most difficult part about comedy is like you have to come to the uh acceptance that not everyone's gonna find you funny not every right. joke you make is gonna land every mm-hmm. time because right. I've like made jokes before that are like so funny I think I'm like the funniest person in the world my friends are laughing their butts off like it's a great it's a good time and then I'll make that same joke at another place everyone's laughing it's a good time I'll make the same joke everything's the exact same to a whole new audience and people are like "Ah, eh, that's not really funny Shruti and I'm like what it was funny to everybody else it was funny to me what do you mean it's not funny to you and that's, like, the brutal part is, like, when you think that you're, like, oh, everyone's gonna love this, everyone's gonna love this, and then some people just don't like it, it's not their humor, Mm -hmm. it's not for them, Um, and that was, like, a big part of me, like, when I started to get into, like, actually writing some bits, you know, and, like, getting, Mm -hmm. like, uh, material put together was, you know, I was, like, like, a lot of mine, like, material comes from being, like, a South Asian woman growing up in America, because I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot to be said there, it's, like, it's a weirdly relatable experience for a lot of people but you know I'm like so I wrote like the first part and I was basically just talking about like how like this is what I am I'm like South Asian and people like you know my like non-South Asian friends were like I mean I don't get it like I guess it works for you and I was like okay okay this is very much a niche and I need to like broaden it a little bit so I started making fun of everybody else and they were like like my south asian friends were like "Eh, yeah like that doesn't really apply though like we don't really care for that and i was like how do i appease everyone how do i like how do i please everyone i can't just make fun of being south asian i can't just not make fun of being south asian i don't know what to do here and i realized i'm not gonna please everyone Mm -hmm. so i just wrote what i thought was funny and then it's turned out a lot of people didn't matter their ethnic background were like yeah that's funny Mm -hmm. like surprisingly relatable if you just look past it being about me the content was actually pretty like universally experienced. So when you stop caring about everyone liking about your jokes, you it's I magic. think it takes your humor up level.
0: You know, you guys both said something that reflects exactly what I experienced when I went to see Trevor Noah and Hasan Minhaj. Uh, one, Leah, Trevor said exactly the same thing you said. So I wonder if like, maybe you guys are friends because one of the things he said is we have a lot more in common than we often think we do. But he said, most people don't connect because we, we you know, when we start our conversation you don't make friends because you all of a sudden decide you're going to share what are your political views and what are my pol- political views or how do you think You know, what do you think about the vaccine or you know things like that those are not the topics that you want to start off in building relationships but if you really think about the human experience like you said we all uh-huh. cry if you know we've all had parents we've all had a childhood like if you think about all the human experiences that's what draws people together so that's the first thing and the second thing that came to mind was that both of them, both of those comedians, I went live. Um, they're both my celebrity crushes. So I had to go. There was no way that I couldn't. And it was back to back one night, Trevor, one night. Um, uh, well, I went to see their show. I didn't like see them, but I went to see their show back to back. And what was fascinating is the crowd was absolutely mixed. There were a lot of people from everywhere. Trevor Noah's crowd, for example, they were there were Americans, there were Africans, there were Asians, there were Latinos, you name it. I mean, as, as far as you could see, and I, some of the languages that I heard, amazing. Middle Eastern, it was fantastic. With Hassan's crowd, I would say perhaps the majority was South was, was Indian or, or South Asian. Um, and I think, you know, there was also Middle Eastern in there, he's Muslim. But what was so fascinating with their styles of humor I laughed my head off with Trevor Noah. I mean, I walked away with a humor hangover cause I was just like, my head hurt, my cheeks were burning. But laughing shows. too hard, right? <laughs> I was laughing almost the entire show. He was hilarious. He had serious moments, but he was definitely hilarious. Hasan made me think though. Hasan's humor, he was like a professor. He's like that professor whose classes sell out because he's very edgy. He, is, he has a lot of conviction in his opinions. He pushes the envelope, but not in ways that are inappropriate or gross or offensive. I mean, he had some blue moments, right? Some, some kind of sexual humor and innuendo. But for the most part, um, he took us to the edge a lot on his opinions, but then he was surprisingly intimate He shared a lot about his feelings being a father, about trying to get pregnant with his wife, like all of this stuff, very intimate moments. Um, But what I thought was interesting, and I wonder if it has something to do with this. Lee, I wanna get your take on this. Um, With Trevor, they asked us not to record no audio or video recordings of the program. So we could take pictures. We could still have our phones and take photographs, which I did. With Hassan's show, they actually locked our our, uh, mobile devices, including watches, in a little pouch that you could take with you, but you it was locked until you walked out of the building. So there was no recording, no pictures, nothing while we were watching the show. Mm-hmm. And he did make a comment during the show about like trusting the audience. He goes, I know we have your phones, but <laughs> we locked your phones, but we trust you. But one of the things that he mentioned is this allowed him to say things that he may not be able to say if he were going to be recorded, because the context mm-hmm. would be different. There's something else yeah. for like, oh, Shruti saw Hassan and he and she said X Y Z. He said X Y Z. It wouldn't have the same meaning or the same impact as you showing a recording of him saying X Y Z and then people making a big story about it without the context. Anyway, so yeah. I just wanted to get your take on that because both of their styles or humor are so different. With Hassan, I had like more emotional roller coaster. There was like almost almost shed a tear at one point anger like frustration and then also very funny with trevor was mostly funny and funny, funny. And, okay. and he, he has some eye-opening moments too but i know hassan comes in he comes in hot oh and one last thing i'll say and truthy, you reminded me of this he said one of the first punchlines he landed which made him decide to become a comedian was a moment where They'd call the police on him and a few friends. There was somebody that was pretending to, well, not pretending, but they were in, inserted themselves into their his friend group, pretending to be um, interested in converting to Islam. But apparently, he was some sort of agent or something. This was like during the Patriot Act days. And apparently, someone called the police because of they this, this overheard Hassan say something, and he said the police had taken them, slammed them you know, across the the hood of the car. And started asking him questions. And a friend came by, and she was like, "Hassan, what's wrong? What are you? Are you dealing? Are you dealing drugs?" He's like, "No, I'm dealing terrorism." And everybody starts to laugh, and he's like, "I'm funny." <laughs> and apparently, that was like the joke that put his career uh, on into track. yeah uh-huh. into motion. So yeah, anyway, but I'm I'm curious about you guys. What who do you find funny and? or maybe some of the comments that I just made about those two particular comedians and what they attract. They do attract a very diverse crowd.
1: No, I, what you said about Hasan Minhaj is like probably, it's like the reason I think that he is like probably one of my like favorite comedians. Like he and John Mulaney, mm-hmm. I think do a very good job of using humor to talk about serious subjects you know I think they do it in very different ways like their comedic styles are completely different but that's the type of comedian I want to be you Mm -hmm. know like talking about very real issues and you know uh just things that are happening in the world things that have happened in their life you know like John Mulaney has like you know multiple occasions talked about his struggles with you know drug addiction and things like that in a very funny way like I think you have done your job, at least for me personally, Like, I think that you've done your job well as a comedian. If when your audience leaves, they leave with, wait a second, huh? Which is like clearly what you had. You clearly said like, it got me thinking. Like in the moment, you can have a good time. You can just laugh, it can be easy, it can be fun. But as long as you're like thinking about the messages after the fact, that in my mind is what makes a, it was what, you know, you know, separates a funny person from a comedian. Because comedian, like, Cousin Minaj has clearly put a lot of thought and effort and time into his jokes. He knows the subject matter he wants to get across. He knows what he wants to talk about. And I know, like, for him, a big thing that he talks about is being, like, a a Muslim, you know, brown man growing up in America. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen his Netflix special, Homecoming King.
0: Yes, amazing.
1: It's it's so brilliant. Have you seen it, Leah? Okay, yeah. you have, you have, oh, no, I haven't seen that yet. No. Oh, well, you should check it out. It is so good, so good. But, like, I have seen it over and over again because what he talks about in his, in the, like, Homecoming King is, like, it's, like, it's experiences I can relate to. It's things I will never be able to relate to. It's things that, you know, were maybe really only issues or, like, as prevalent of issues back when, you know, Islamophobia was probably at its peak, but it's all so intense. Like if he were to just speak on that, like very bluntly, I think I would just freak out. I'd be like, oh my God, this is terrible. This is horrible. I'm so sorry for you. But you watch that and you laugh and you get something out of it. You know, you really start to think, and that's just what I like applaud Hasan Minhaj for doing. And that's the type of comedian I want to be because that's not easy. It is not easy to really resonate with your audience in a way and get them to start thinking about very important topics and world issues in a funny way mm. like he he's brilliant and like definitely like my comedic idol would probably be Hassan Hasan Hassan yeah for Hassan <laughs> Leah about you I have a different perspective uh,
2: about what kind of comedian you know mm-hmm. I like or I, I want to be one of the takeaway for my you know recent discovery about the comedy art is to be a successful comedian the most important part is be yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't worship any comedian even they are very successful and famous and I feel guilty I haven't got a chance to watch those you know famous comedians yet but I'm not in a rush because I used to be a very serious person and the position myself as a professional speaker I want to change in their world Even after I left, um, you know, uh, Toastmaster, I forced myself to relearn a lot of these styles, you know, Mm. facial expression, body language. You are not natural because real people don't talk like that, right? (laughs) (laughs) So for me, what kind of comedian I want to become is I just want to talk about what I'm passionate about, Mm. what I'm interested in. For me right now, and I care about my family, so I talk about my husband, I talk about my daughter, and I talk about you know, uh, our you know, wrinkles, <laughs> aging without wrinkles, things that make me happy. I just want to relax and to slow down and to talk about what's matter in my heart. And for those politics things, if it's related to China and the US, I might touch a little bit, but I'm not the person where purposely pay attention to those, what happened in the news. I'm not that kind of person because we happen to have a conversation with my husband because my husband was in my show yesterday, being a camera. He supported me, but not in a willing way because he knows it's so hard for you to want to do speaking professionally, uh, uh, to make a living. For comedian, that's even harder. And I'm a little bit different than you know, uh, sh- shoes. And I'm a first generation immigrant, and the English is my second language, right? So just learning ABC <laughs> is enough. Then you try to make people laughing. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think like I said earlier, we share more things in common than our differences. Mm-hmm. As long as we touch what matters to you, sincerity. So you know what's uh, who you are. People want to hear about your personal story. They said comedy is the art of tragedy. You know, you mentioned something earlier to that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't have to be miserable because a lot of comedians talk about their beat up life. They live a homeless life, that kind of stuff. That's not what I want myself. I just want to share with people my piece of the world, how I see the world and express in my own way. Whether I become famous, or you know, rich or not, that's not important. Lucky I don't need that to pay the bills, right? Mm. I just want to be who I am, uh, make people laugh. And yesterday, it was the first time, like I said, I invited my Chinese friend to my show. That's my first time speaking for 10 years. I was able to put my Chinese banana friends and my non-banana friends under the same roof laughing together for a good cause which we raise money for Saint you children's hospital Wonderful. so
1: that's my take where i want to go as a comedian
2: well that
0: congratulations is- Lee. i think that's excellent <laughs>
1: that is amazing no like you know the you saying that like you know i want to be my own comedian i don't want to like you know be necessarily like someone else like good for you and also you saying that like the whole like how i was saying uh, humor comes from a dark place or like you know comedy is the art of tragedy and you're like not for me like I just want to share my life in a funny way like that is such a positive look on it and such like a positive outlook I just I love that that was a really really <laughs> good response and you know, yeah, the difference
2: I'm, is you know you know um we are two generations. me and uh Ruth, right Ruthie, it's Ruthie. so beautiful thing uh she truly <laughs> I'm still trying to say that again. My daughter is 16, so I look at you, I, I almost feel like I'm looking at my beautiful daughter the same, same way. <laughs> is, uh, I want to share with the world, you know, my tragedy, if any, is my career is a mess. Okay, I started as an engineer, and now I'm trying to make a living by telling jokes. <laughs> That's not even funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but as a first-generation gen- immigrant, and you know, we went through a lot, but, you know, I was amazed if you talk about who you are, share the truth of life, you can still make people who are not the typical, you know, a customer laughing with you. Mm-hmm. And that's the magic of comedy. And that after I left Toastmaster, I found that is comedy is more down-to-earth entertainment. If I do my keynote speech about diversity communication, there's no way I can bring everyone I invited last night. To the same, you know, location.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So comedy united us. That's the yeah. magic. Oh
0: yeah, Leah, Leah, you might need to explain the term "banana" for any <laughs> listeners or viewers who are like, "Did you
2: just call your friends banana?"
1: <laughs> I was going to say something, but okay. I was like, "I'm just gonna let it slide."
2: Yeah, no, uh, no. Did we you should watch talk the movie um,
1: Crazy Rich Asian?
2: I didn't. Okay, bits and pieces. That was empty. a movie very popular back in two thousand eighteen. Was about yeah. um, Rachel, a, a, a American Chinese raised by a single mother, a Chinese, and uh, and her her love story with her boyfriend Nick. Nick came from a crazy rich family in Singapore, so Nick's mother rejects Rachel because you know she was not rich, and uh, her mother was single. In you know, all those, you know, uh, BS. So. Uh, Rachel's mother, a single mother told Rachel, you are not a typical Chinese. You are a banana, yellow on the outside, white on the inside.
1: We there's like a word for that for like, you know, brown people who are like that, it's coconuts, like brown on the outside, yeah, white yeah, on the similar. inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're black, we call that Oreo. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently
0: <laughs> You know,
1: fruit and... for different cultures. <laughs> yeah,
2: fruits and That's foods Self Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. So banana, I use that. Yeah. <laughs> coconut, mm-hmm. and, and Oreo cookies. Um, so like in my daughter's generation, she's a typical banana. You know, I'm a first generation. I'm probably yellow on the outside, yellow on the inside, right? But she's pretty much yellow on the outside, quite inside how mm. she feels about herself. You know? what was the last
0: time the two of you laughed so hard you cried? Oh, and me? what yeah and what made you laugh it
1: was it was actually probably last night I was hanging out with um, a couple friends and we were just sitting in my bedroom and I honestly don't know like the like the conversation was so weird like we were talking about just like boys and school and like you know what we want to do with our lives and it was like three of us My one friend is talking about like, I just can't wait to do this with my life. My other friend is sitting there and she's like, this boy is just so cute. And I'm sitting over here being like, I don't know. Oh, I was making spinach artichoke dip. (laughs) So I'm over here talking. (laughs) I was just making dip. And I'm like sitting there and I'm talking about this dip. None of us, like no one's listening to us. Nobody, (laughs) nothing's happening. It's just life boys and dip. (laughs) I pause and I'm like, are you guys listening to me? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay, because I'm listening to you. None of us are on the same conversation. The timer goes off. I'm like, I'm going to go make this dip. And I like bring the dip back. And then we're like, it is like two in the morning, Shruti. We are having, <laughs> yeah, it's like so late at night. And we're having like, just the worst conversation. Like no one is talking about the same thing. We're just like eating spinach, artichoke dip. <laughs> dip. Like, that whole thing was so funny to us. I, 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 I just
0: love it. I want to hear Leah's example in a second, but I just love the fact that something can make someone laugh so hard that, like, the, the borderline, you know, have to burst into tears because there's like no more emotional range other than just expressing in tears. And as you're sharing, it's nice happened to me before. I've done, you know, silly things sometimes that made me laugh. And I'm trying to tell somebody, and they're like, that's not even funny. Yeah, so no, really right right yeah,
1: gonna be, there you have never been there. They're gonna be like, that was not a funny story. Should be like, what's happening? And I'm like, I can't even explain no, this. Like you don't have to explain. explain it. I gave you the honest answer. It was last night. I get it. I was eating dip and laughing my like head off. Like it was so funny. Like you had to it. you literally you had to have been there. And I'm like trying to think, like, how can I explain this? But I can't explain this without talking about my friends like life and like. The context was funny, I promise you. It was really funny. I'm no, I believe you. I do like everybody <laughs> else. I die, tried telling I my mom the some,
0: of the, some of the jokes that Trevor said that, that just made me laugh like, how like I was sweating by the time I was done with this bit. And I was like, oh my god, like, oh my eyes are funny. And she's like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, anyway, you had to be there, I guess. Leah, Leah, what about for you? When was the last time you, you laughed so hard you cried?
2: I don't remember I had that experience recently and uh, it's funny uh, when you focus on developing your own comedy bits you start to look at life in a in a different uh, with a different attitude mm. and uh, I think right now is when I see something happen in front of me I just record them in my iPhone
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, when I, then when I'm done when I have time I sit down I go back to polish to that and uh, one small experience was, uh, right now I'm doing a one minute story and I try to develop a punchline in the, by the end of the one minute. And one of the example was, and uh, my husband and I, we went to uh, Lake Lavan with a friend, George and uh, his daughter Mia. And so when we got there, it was during the summer and I put uh, the mesh cover to protect the food from flies and of course remind everyone to put mosquito repellent on, right? Mia, a college student, like your age, asking me, uh, what are the difference between mosquito and the flies? I was amazed with the question. I said, what kind of question is that? How can I answer that? So I thought it, I said, okay, Mia, sweetheart, um, flies, okay, mosquito bite you flies kiss you
0: <laughs> that's a good that's a good answer really good answer. Yeah.
2: so i think i'm in a very subtle way collect the information and kind of put them into my treasure hunt box mm-hmm. and i don't necessarily laugh at my punchline but when you deliver your punchline the same thing you don't laugh on your punchline Mm-hmm. and you want the audience to laugh for you. So to answer your question, I don't remember, I you, really laughing very hard or to the tears, maybe when I watch a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so
0: that's so think think a perfect
2: answer. <laughs>
0: that's No, I think it, those are all fine. Again, humor is so subjective and yeah. sometimes things hit us one way because we were in a certain kind of mood. I don't know, maybe I would have thought Hassan was much funnier than I really thought in many ways. That Trevor was when I laughed so hard at Trevor that I was just like exhausted from laughing. <laughs> right. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I was in a more serious mood or whatever. But I think humor is so me, subjective.
1: I think for me to get to the point where I'm like crying from laughing is like, it's like everyone has to be in that same energy I think like last night that's why it was so funny because I wasn't the only one that was cry laughing my friends were also cry laughing so like even though the story itself like isn't that funny like even thinking about it the reason I started laughing again was because I was like there and I like I'm like reimagining what happened last night and it was just really funny to me but I can't think of like a specific joke that's made me cry laugh like there's nothing that's like, that's, like that one thing one person said I just lost it it was like it's always just the situation. It's the company. The company yeah. makes it it's like a make or break for me.
0: It's the energy and the environment. That's what I Exactly.
1: Mean. Like, you I, know, I think
2: they, this- they, As a speaker, and if you have the ability to make your audience laugh, cry, and think, you have done
1: your job. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> it's not just easy. Just what you said. <laughs> like I think that that's the type of like speaker and comedian I want to be. Like mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. my audience to like laugh, but I want them to also mm-hmm. seriously think about that like what you I'm saying. You want to make after. a point, right? Yeah. I I very much like I believe in using uh humor to, you know, mm-hmm. make a point and to, you know, get your ideas out there. Like I yeah. think that's one of my strong suits is that I can yeah. use humor to do that. Yeah. Um Yeah, just In like, that
2: way, you know, be free. Do not define yourself as a comedian or speaker and just watch how you grow you know oh, you'll yeah. surprise you say hey you know you know on my business card and uh, i didn't use comedian because i talked with my mentor i have speaker author and a humorist
1: mm-hmm. that's so i actually for a long time like uh if people ask me like you know i would talk about comedy and people be like oh you're a comedian and i'm like uh n- n- no I'm I just like doing comedy I like doing stand-up oh
2: <laughs> there it is
1: oh nice nice with humor love it
2: yeah
0: yeah i like, make sure I you just, put your website title the,
1: is title you notes. can do anything you want you know yeah but very recently I would just like tell people like yeah I'm, I do stand-up like I'm a stand-up comedian and people like are like and that was like a huge step for me because Do I feel like I'm a standup comedian? No, Mm -hmm. but I feel like if I start saying that, sort of like manifest into my life a little bit. Like if I say it, it has to happen type of thing. So I've started telling people I'm a standup comedian and it's always, always followed by tell me a joke. And I'm like, no, this is not how how it works. (laughs) It's not, I'm like, shut up. Don't tell me to tell you a joke. Like.
2: Joke is different than comedy, yeah. (laughs) That's just what I learned after I left (laughs) Toastmaster. Not how it works.
1: Um, Yeah.
0: I want to, so
1: have either of you done any improv? Yes. I was on, I was a cool kid in high school, I'll have you know. I was on the improv team. Wow. Bean. Okay. So many friends. And have you done anything recently? Uh, I think I might be. Try- I'm like trying to take an improv class, like at my university. Okay, but Leo- yeah, there are some
2: comedy club doing that.
1: I haven't done anything after left to semester. So we were
2: doing improv, doing the table topics. You know, that's similar to improv, but with, without purpose of being funny, right? <laughs>
0: ah, I yeah. that's one of the fine. What I found, and as you guys are talking about what's funny and what makes one laugh, what I what I'm finding is the more, the looser and the less time we have to think and prepare something, the Mm -hmm. easier the access is to humor, right? Because sometimes when we're analyzing and we wanna say things in the right way, or we have a plan of how we wanna go about whatever, we sometimes miss the openings. And the improv classes that I've taken are all, I remember this as particular exercise, my brothers and I went, my brother and sister-in-law and I went to an improv class recently and we had to set up scenes. There were probably like 25 of us in the room and the instructor would want us to set up a scene of some mm-hmm. sort, basically you'd have two people in the middle and they'd do something. And then a third person would have to walk in and based on their body language or posture would change the significance or the meaning of the scene. And there was a point where people would come in you know, at, you know, at random. So whoever had an idea would go and do something in the middle. And but you'd see the same people over and over again after a few turns so then the instructor stopped us and he said okay whereas you notice that when we have when you have the opportunity to do it randomly we have the same people come up because you have an idea and then you want to go try out your idea but those that were thinking about well no when how do i do it what if i do no they were thinking they weren't jumping in so then he said now we're going to make everybody go in in order And so in the circle we were in, he would just go one by one. All right, these two go in first. And then the third person does the scene. And when you had to do it first, you couldn't anticipate what the two people before you were going to set up. So you just had to be in the moment and just do whatever, right? Really be present. And it was a beautiful exercise in understanding that just having to jump into something actually gave us so much more freedom. Whereas when Mm -hmm. we had to think and plan and we had time to, to calculate, sometimes we'd, stay, we'd hold ourselves back or we'd miss the window or miss the opportunity. So that was a huge lesson. And I, I highly recommend anyone that's interested in just freeing up themselves even more, an improvisational class is like the difference. So now I wanna pivot our conversation as we begin to wrap things up for this podcast, because I wanna zoom out. Uh, we've been talking about humor and how that's played a role in your life, but I'm not curious about this experience. This experience being on a podcast with somebody you barely know is kind of improvisational. So I'm curious bit. about what was your experience like? What are you guys what, yeah, what would you say about this experience now after this hour that we've been talking?
1: I I'm going to be honest. In this is a good thing. I expected it to be a lot more funny. Like I expected it to be just <laughs> us making jokes the entire time. Um, but I'm like actually very pleased with like the conversation we had and like, you know, really seeing the similarities between me and Leah and also seeing, you know, the, the differences between us as people and but still again, having that core like, you know, uh, what's it called that bridge between us that's like humor and comedy and all, you know, I, I had a great time.
2: <laughs> cool. Leah? Well, you know, I'm pretty impressed how professional you are running this Podcast, right? The way you have us signed up and uh, you know have us ready and arrange this, you know, uh, oh, the yeah? date and the time, yeah. you know, from a month ago. So to me, it's pretty formal. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Feel like I'm uh, doing an interview with NBC. <laughs> ah. Ding
0: ding ding. <laughs> and but what is it? What was it like meeting Shanthi and having this conversation about humor?
2: What was your question
0: again? Yeah, what was it like meeting Shruti and having this conversation about humor?
2: Can you hear me? Mm, I didn't get the question to be honest with you. Are you oh. talking English? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, got it. So no, Asking I'm curious- in a different way, okay. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm curious about your experience, Leah. I get that the, 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 there's a sense of formality, right? Because we are having a kind of a structured interaction. But I'm curious Mm -hmm. about your experience in the conversation about humor meeting Shruti and having this conversation with her for the first time okay Uh, what was that
2: like oh you know like I said you know when I look at her I say what a beautiful young lady and I'm thinking about I'm meeting with the older version of my daughter (laughs) and uh, and you are funny you are beautiful and uh, keep being funny and uh, doesn't matter what you do in the future. If you have the ability to make people laugh, do it. If one day you become famous, you know, perform at the, you know, American center, go for it,
1: sky's your limit. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yay.
0: Two last questions. Number one, what are you taking away from this conversation? Either an idea or maybe a reinforcement of something that you already thought, what are you taking away?
1: I I'm taking away actually like and I've been thinking about this in the back of my head since Leah said it but you know she was saying how like she doesn't aim to be like any other comedian she just wants to be her own one and I definitely have like in my mind been like oh but I want to be like similar to Hasan Minhaj and I want to be kind of like John Mulaney and I want to be like Bo Burnham but like now I'm like but I could just be me I could just do me you know (laughs) I don't have to follow a certain track you are the best of who you are yeah Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that that's been like the back of my mind
0: Best version of yourself is you. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and uh, the the best
2: comedian, you know, if you really dig into them, they were just they are not shy to be themselves. Mm -hmm. Even they talk about the dark side of their lives. Only competent person can become a comedian because they are not afraid to make fun to themselves. Hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Leah, what about for you? What was the question again? I'm bad. (laughs) What are you taking away from this experience and from this conversation? Either something new that you've learned or you've been opened up to, or perhaps something that's reinforced for for yourself.
2: I'm so glad, you know, and the topic of this conversation, because like you, Valerie, and I have a mission to really, you know, reach out to people who are different from me. And today I reach out to a different beautiful young lady and we have something in common. Even we are at a different stage of our life, mm-hmm. but I believe that no matter what we do, our sense of humor can really add value to the people around us. So that's my takeaway. So I'm glad I find someone has some similarity, have a similar mission at a different stage of our life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hundred percent, love
0: that. And then the very final last question is: What would you like to say to the audience who might be listening, either about where to find you or what you're up to, or something that you want to some words of wisdom? Final words for the audience.
2: Ooh, that's pretty big.
1: yeah don't take yourself so seriously drop like my tiktok handle yes
0: yeah if you yeah if you send it to me i'll make sure that i include it in the show notes so i'm happy to send your tiktok handle or website or anything you guys like anything you'd like to say to the audience final word
1: or to each other (laughs) it was great meeting you (laughs) to anybody watching I promise that story about last night with the spinach artichoke dip was actually What's funny. Kidding. You just had to be there. We'll believe. I it. promise. That's <laughs> it.
2: I'm so glad to be here. I'm Leah Bai, a Texas cowgirl made in China.
1: And I'm Shruti Garimala, <laughs> made, manufactured in America. <laughs> Uh, look the
0: two of you guys have been absolutely lovely thank you so much for sharing your experiences sharing your lessons learned both hard and easy but also being so open to to exchanging ideas with each other and with me I think yes it's it's evident that all three of us have completely different perspectives on things but I think again it really proves the point that it's made a very interesting conversation to have just hearing different takes different experiences, different learnings, different resources. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do out there in the world, because I think, gosh, we could all use more humor. We could all use a place to lighten up in life. And we need a shepherd. We need guides to get us there. And I think the two of you are doing that in your own special way. So thank you. Thank Hi
1: you so for much for pie. having me. Hey, now you <laughs> have your pie.
0: You have pie. earned your pie today. Pia pie. <laughs> All right, everyone that's been tuning in, thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Not Quite Strangers. You'll be hearing where you can connect with us by going to notquitestrangers.com and subscribing to any future episodes so you get them straight into your inbox. And I'm looking forward to you know the, the two ladies doing some amazing things. So keep an eye out for, for any billboards out there with their names on it. All right, everybody have yeah. a wonderful rest of the day.